This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings and welcome to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, a weekly podcast to proclaim and to ponder our Sunday Mass readings. We are getting very close to the close of the Easter season. It's been such a beautiful time. I think about the various seasons in the church. We begin our liturgical year with Advent, and it's such a short season with four Sundays. It seems to go so quickly, and and the Christmas time is really close. You know, 12 days of Christmas, our Lenten season, a little bit longer with those beautiful six weeks of Lent, and then we have this 50 days of Easter. Today marks the seventh Sunday of Easter on the 21st of May. Many churches will celebrate Ascension Thursday on this day, but I want to take the readings today from the seventh Sunday of Easter. And certainly the readings tie in with the theme of Ascension as we come close to the coming of the Holy Spirit. So as we come to this beautiful day in the church, the seventh Sunday of Easter, there's a transition time, a transition time for Jesus to leave this earth in his physical form, a time for Jesus to prep the apostles. I'm calling this particular episode prep time. This is a time to prepare for what's to come. And what's to come is one, the coming of the Holy Spirit and to the beginning of the church. And so let's begin with the collect prayer, which you'll hear at the beginning of the mass for the seventh Sunday of Easter. There's a couple of phrases that I think are really powerful as we look at this time of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Graciously hear our supplications, O Lord, so that we who believe that the Savior of the human race is with you in your glory may experience, as he promised, until the end of the world, his abiding presence among us, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. You know, we could spend the whole program just talking about this collect. We're getting a sense And if we start to really be thinking about what's been going on in the Acts of the Apostles, what's happened in the last few verses and chapters of the gospel readings as we see this transition of Jesus's passion, death, resurrection, and ascension, and then sending down the Holy Spirit. But we're calling on God 
that we, and this is a really beautiful focus, who believe that the savior of the human race, you know, our savior, Jesus, just in that line, what that tells me is Jesus took the form of the human race to show us something, to, to have a, a relationship with us. He took on our bodies, both human and divine. He didn't take on the body of another creature. He, he wasn't just in a celestial form. No, Jesus, our Savior, second person of the Holy Trinity, took on our body, the body of the human race. That means to me, our bodies are holy. They're a particular vessel for holiness. They're not meant to do with whatever we please. They're certainly not meant to dispose of, to destroy, to maim in any way. Our bodies are consecrated to Jesus. So that we who believe that the savior of the human race is with you in your glory. So now we're realizing that Jesus, our savior, who had a body, just like you and I have a body, is with the father in glory. He has a glorified body. And it's interesting. We hear those accounts when the different apostles, Mary Magdalene account, uh, uh, connect and encounter Jesus following the resurrection, he has a new body, but he still has a body to connect with the human race. May we experience as he promised until the end of the world, second coming, his abiding presence among us. This is so hopeful that we will have, and we're going to get a sense of that even in today's readings, also in the readings of the ascension of the Lord, is that the Lord provides a presence for us today. Even though his glorified body isn't with us here in this space and time that we can see, his presence is with us. So let's keep that in mind as we hear the readings for today's seventh Sunday in Easter. The first reading comes from a reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter one. After Jesus had been taken up to heaven, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath stay journey away. When they entered the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John, and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these devoted themselves with one accord to prayer, together with some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. The Word of the Lord. Our psalm is Psalm 27. I believe that I shall see the good things of the Lord in the land of the living. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is my life's refuge. Of whom should I be afraid? I believe that I shall see the good things of the Lord in the land of the living. One thing I ask of the Lord, this I seek to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, 
that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. I believe that I shall see the good things of the Lord in the land of the living. Hear, O Lord, the sound of my call. Have pity on me and answer me. Of you my heart speaks. You my glance seeks. I believe that I shall see the good things of the Lord in the land of the living. Our second reading is a reading from the first letter of St. Peter. Beloved, rejoice to the extent that you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that when his glory is revealed, you may also re rejoice exultantly. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But let no one among you be made to suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as an intriguer. But whoever is made to suffer as a Christian should not be ashamed. But glorify God because of the name. The Word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, just as you gave him authority over all people, so that your Son may give eternal life to all you gave him. Now this is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. I glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. Now glorify me, Father, with you, with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I revealed your name to those whom you gave me out of the world. They belong to you, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you gave me is from you, because the words you gave to me I have given to them, and they accepted them and truly understood that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for the ones you have given me, because they are yours, and everything of mine is yours, and everything of yours is mine and I have been glorified in them. And now I will no longer be in the world, but they are in the world, while I am coming to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Whew, some amazing readings once again. And we start with the Acts of the Apostles. And in the Acts of the Apostles, we hear in this particular section, which is the first chapter of Acts, just 12, 13, and 14 verses. The verses before that actually are the account that you get for Ascension Thursday, and we hear about this Ascension of the Lord. But what I hear from this particular portion of the Acts is we hear that Jesus has been taken up to heaven. So we hear that now here's this transition time. This is the movement of 
this Paschal mystery. The Paschal mystery is all of these events in one, you know, Jesus's life, his passion, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, but it doesn't stop there. It's also in the descent of the Holy Spirit. And so we see this part of the ascension. So the apostles stick together. They return to Jerusalem and Jerusalem remains this headquarters, so to speak, this heart of the church. However, We've heard in these accounts of the apostles that there's heavy persecution of Christians in the early church in Jerusalem. So many of the apostles are scattering. I mean, we heard about Philip going to Samaria last week. And so we hear these accounts of many apostles doing what Christ commissioned them to do. Go forth to all the nations and spread the good news. Preach baptism, repentance of sins, baptism in Jesus Christ, and what will come is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. However, there's a leadership there that stays in Jerusalem. But now these 11 apostles, minus Judas, the traitor, are coming to the upper room, and they come together in prayer. They come unified. It says in the in the scripture here, all these devoted themselves. So there was this intentional coming together, fraternity, you know, building this fraternity, this body of Christ with one accord to prayer. And so this is the forming of the heart of the early church is we're going to come together. We're not all going to do our own thing now. We're all going to come together. We're going to build this body based on Jesus Christ following in his footsteps. And they're also praying with other women of the church. They're praying with Mary, the mother of Jesus. She is central in being present. Mary has been central since the incarnation of her son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And so certainly for the rest of the time Mary's life is on earth, she is in one accord in prayer with the apostles. How important it is to pray, to come together in unity, in prayer. And that's why I think it's so beautiful when when churches come together let's say you have the tradition before mass that your parish comes together you might even have time of adoration before mass you know and we pray the rosary together or following mass there's that community prayer of the saint michael prayer where we pray together the chaplet of divine mercy yes we do these personal devotions as a family whether it's as a couple as an individual but as a larger community we follow these footsteps in this example of devoting ourselves together in prayer that's so important it builds us it builds us stronger so that when we do go out we go out stronger rooted in Jesus Christ. This very powerful example of prayer. I believe that I shall see the good things of the Lord in the land of the living. That's the psalm. And this one line that comes out of today's psalm, it says that I may gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. That that's our goal in life that's eternity is to gaze on the face of the Lord. We hear as Jesus ascends to heaven, 
his physical body, his glorified body, that the apostles saw the wounds. They didn't see all the scars and marks of the flagellation, of all of the beating, of all of that, but they did see the wounds of Jesus, the wounds that were made by the nails, by the the spear in his side, on his feet and in his hands. They saw those wounds, but they were glorified wounds. We have wounds in our life. We have wounds, whether they're emotional, spiritual, psychological, and certainly many physical wounds, whether it's a disease, whether it's violence. We do, and we will, we won't avoid this life without having wounds. And yet we are going to gaze on the loveliness of the Lord and contemplate his temple. We will have a glorified body at the resurrection of the Lord. Jesus shows us that as he is taken in, as he ascends into heaven, as he ascends into heaven, he's showing us, I'm, I'm leading you to where you are to go. I've got a place for you. And we've heard that in actually in prior readings during this Easter season, I've, my father has many rooms for you. And so we can be hopeful in that. The letter of St. Peter Rejoice to the extent that you share in the sufferings of Christ. I want to just read a little bit in the commentary I found in how to live this Christian life. And this advice to the persecuted that is found in 1 Peter, it's 1 Peter chapter 4. We read today verses 13 and 16. But at the beginning of chapter 4, in First Peter, it says this, Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same attitude. We're not going to avoid sufferings. You know, sufferings do happen. They occur all of the time. And let, let, let's think about that. Let's not why. No, no, there's something about suffering that allows us to grow closer to Christ. For whoever suffers in the flesh has broken with sin. So as not to spend what remains of one's life in the flesh on human desires, but on the will of God. This is reminding me, don't focus on the flesh and worldly desires, on these things that are so temporal. Those are those vices in our physical bodies, but to focus on and to spend what remains in our lives on the will of God. First Peter goes on to say, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and sober for prayers. Above all, let your love for one another be intense because love covers a multitude of sins. Hear this, be hospitable to one another without complaining. How many of you have complained? Oh my. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever preaches, let it be with the words of God. Not with your words, with the words of God. Whoever serves, let it be with the strength that God supplies. So that in all things, Christ may be glorified through Christ, to whom belong glory 
and dominion forever and ever. That's first Peter chapter four, verses seven through 11. And then it goes into the reading that we heard today. It just reminds me of how we are to conduct our lives. You know, it's all here in the scriptures. It's all in the word of God, how we are to live our lives, how we are to follow the life of Jesus. Jesus shows us the way. He shows us the way. And in this particular reading, in fact, I want to get real close into the reading of today, which is in um, verse, the gospel of John. Again, when did this reading happen? This is John. We're going into chapter 17. Chapter 17 moves right into Jesus being arrested. In fact, when we hear this prayer that Jesus prays, at the end of that prayer, Jesus is arrested and his passion begins. But right before this prayer, in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, we hear about the coming of the advocate. So Jesus is spending time, right? This is the Last Supper. He's spending these last few moments with the disciples, getting them the final prep the final preparations, preparation time. You know, we, we just made one of our favorite recipes last night for dinner. And there's two recipe cards because there's a crust and then there's the pie that goes in the crust. And so there's preparation, you know, there's ingredients that you pull out. There's different things that you need to do to prep the different ingredients for your final meal. And Jesus is giving that final preparation, these instructions and guidance to the apostles because he's entrusting, he's entrusting the salvation of humanity in these 11 men. And pretty soon they'll elect a, a, a 12th to continue to go on and to build the church. But Jesus is telling them about the coming of the paraclete, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the coming of the council, the good counselor, the, the, the Holy Spirit will, that will inform them, their mind, their heart, their eyes, their senses. The Holy Spirit is going to come after I leave. In fact, right before chapter 17, it says this. It's so beautiful. Behold, the hour is coming and has arrived when each of you will be scattered to his own home and you will leave me alone. But I am not alone because the Father is with me. So much does Jesus continue to say, the Father and I are one. I have told you this so that you might have peace in me. In the world, you will have trouble, but take courage. I have conquered the world. This is what I want to just emphasize. Jesus emphasized it to the apostles. In the world, you will have trouble. Don't be surprised about the headlines in the world. It will happen. It continues to happen. Don't be shocked. Don't kind of wonder, Father, how come you're not doing something about this? I, I think it's, you know, Father, shouldn't you be talking about the latest thing in your homily? Don't be troubled, but take courage. Take courage. This isn't that we're not supposed to fight evil. No, we fight evil. We fight evil with our prayer, the unity in prayer, the unity in the church, the coming together in the sacraments, the professing of our faith and sharing the truth of Jesus Christ in our daily lives. Yes, but take courage. Don't be floundering. Don't be worried and anxious. 
I love that quote that is attributed to uh, St. Pius, uh, St. Pope, uh, Padre Pio, that is. Pray, don't worry. I have conquered the world. Jesus has shown us the way. I have conquered the world. So a final thought I want to share with you was this great reflection that came in in conversation with God, and it's about the Holy Spirit. And so we are preparing for the coming of the Holy Spirit with this feast of the ascension of the Lord and and the coming of the Holy Spirit. So this is a, a meditation on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I invite us to pray for. We're actually already in a novena to the Holy Spirit, which begins on, on Ascension Thursday, and we'll go through the eve of Pentecost Sunday. But just to close with this thought, and this thought is attributed to St. Thomas, his Summa Theologica. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are a new present which God bestows on the soul so that it can more perfectly and effortlessly carry out the good works in which our love of God, our holiness, is seen. It is characterized by, for example, acts of presence of God, charity, acts of offering of our work, and small mortifications throughout the day. Under the influence of these gifts, the soul is equipped and strengthened so that it more easily and more promptly obeys his voice and impulse. Don't you want to be more apt to follow God than follow the world and sin and evil? I do. And how do we do that? Not on our own strength, not because I'm so intelligent, not because I even know the words of the Lord, because I listen to the Holy Spirit, because I follow the Holy Spirit. It's not on my own efforts. It's on my willingness to be docile and empty of myself and filled with the Holy Spirit so I can be listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. It is with the gifts of the Holy Spirit the gift of understanding, of knowledge, of wisdom, of counsel, of piety, of fortitude, of fear of the Lord, these beautiful gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to close with this beautiful prayer, the sequence of the Mass of Pentecost. Come, O Holy Spirit, come, and from thy celestial home shed a ray of light divine. Come, thou Father of the poor, Come, thou source of all our store. Come, within our bosoms shine. Thou on those who evermore thee confess and thee adore. In thy sevenfold gifts descend. Give them virtue's sure reward. Give them thy salvation, Lord. Give them joys that never end. Come, Holy Spirit. May God be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. 
You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.